0: you are listening to the Rent Roll Radio Show with Sterling Chapman. Hey, Rent Roll Radio listeners, welcome back to the show. This is your host, Sterling Chapman. Today, we are joined by Kevin Brenner, who is the co-founder and director of investor relations at ADPI, Active Duty Passive Income Capital. So we have had uh, plenty of guests from the Active Duty Passive Income Community and uh kevin was referred to me by eric upchurch who's a good friend and so i'm um, super excited to have him on board and and cover some um some new information that we've never talked about on this podcast it is like an alternative way for investors to get in so uh great content today really looking forward to it kevin welcome to the show and thank you so much for joining us
1: hey thanks sterling uh let me just apologize in advance i woke up with this little frog in my throat and uh Hopefully it doesn't get the better of me during this interview but um yeah man thanks uh thanks for bringing me on and and I you know I've kind of been making the circuit if you will to kind of share this information just about a different way to do things and a different way you know with you know we're recording this now in in you know middle of June and the market is just going haywire <laughs> and I, you would not believe I mean I'm sure you're getting calls all the time from your network and and folks people are freaking out yeah. they are like their hair I is melting off the top of their head right now while, while
0: <laughs> i was while i was waiting for you to join the call i was reading a, a note from jay scott i like i always like mm-hmm. jay's yeah jay's awesome like outlook and it was talking about how much people are freaking out when you <laughs> look at the relationship between like the actual interest rates and like the fed rate or <laughs> like the actual 10-year treasury and the, the 30 year and like historically what the spread has been and what the spread is now, like realistically, you know, we're like, we're raising rates 3x to what the Fed's raising it. So, yeah. so a lot of it is just absolute market mayhem. <laughs> yeah.
1: And it's, it's the uncertainty. And it's that time when, you know, when people, I don't want to even say investors, just like normal people, they realize they're like, holy crap, I have no control over this. I have little to no diversity and like, you know, I I was talking to a guy yesterday. He's like, in the last two weeks, I've lost a million dollars in my portfolio. And I was just like, wow, you need, and now luckily he's got rentals and he's got other things, you know, but this is, he's just talking about stocks, right? But I mean, you think about that and you're like, his crypto is probably not
0: doing much better. <laughs> probably, not.
1: <laughs> probably not, but you know, the other end, the other end is, you know, what do they say when now's the time to buy and and, and do all that stuff? You know, you buy the dip and, and blood, all of that, but <laughs> your blood in the street, you know, that's fine. If you're if you're a swing trader and you're, you're a pro and you get it, but for the everyday person, they're like, they rely on a wealth manager or someone, or they're doing it themselves. And they're just like, whoa, this is not cool. What do I do? Um, And then of course, there's all the media freaking out about inflation and gas prices and all of this stuff. And, you know, the the whole thing. So I wanted to come on here and show people that there is another way to get into the assets that you and I talk about. And and a lot of other of your guests talk about in in the commercial real estate world. And, um, you know, it's not, I don't want to say it's a revolution or like a brand new kind of thing, but it, it really took off in 2018. So in terms of like strategies, it's relatively new.
0: Before we dive into reggae, which I'm super excited to do because I don't know anything about it. So as much as our listeners are looking to learn, I'm I'm stoked to to educate myself on the topic. Tell us a little bit about you. What's your backstory? Where'd you come from?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it, uh <clears throat> if I can, if I can get through it without a coffin here. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I started, I started real estate. So I was active duty, I, uh, active duty air force. I was a meteorologist in the air force. So, uh, you know, Marine and atmospheric science degree, university of Miami, literally nothing to do with finance or real estate. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, I was in Savannah, Georgia and, uh, stationed there and I was playing volleyball with a buddy of mine. Uh, and we were like on a team, you know, we just, beach volleyball thing and uh trying to imitate our best top gun uh montage (laughs) i (laughs) I know (laughs) i just saw them i just saw the movie (laughs) just saw the movie the the new one and they didn't have it they had some weird ass like football thing that was not (sighs) that really that that was the one thing that bummed me out about that besides besides the point anyway so we're playing and this dude's uh you know a first lieutenant and i'm a captain at the time so for the non-military folks i Essentially, i make more money than him, right? I, I'm one rank higher than him. I make more money than him. And he told me, he's like, hey, I just closed on my seventh house in Savannah. And I was like, nah, that's not right. Cause I pay rent. And I was like, <laughs> I have a car payment and I pay monthly. month. Like, yeah, that's not how you do things. I make more money than you. That's impossible. And he's like, no, 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 it's fine. It's good debt. And he started explaining cash flow and rent to me and how the tenants would pay everything down. And my mind was just blown. So of course he reached into his truck. He threw me a rich dad, poor dad, this like crumpled up version that he had was missing like the cover (laughs) and stuff. He's like, read this, you know, and and if you want to talk, we'll talk. And of course I read it in like, you know, what seemed like probably 48 hours, something, just like couldn't put it down, one of those things. And and then I go and meet him at the bar. and And, oh, by the way, we're meeting his realtor, who's another West Point guy. And uh because cause he went to West Point and uh and we're meeting some other investors. It was kind of like a little little meetup. He's like, he invited me to, and we're just talking. And I spent the you know, probably five, six hours there just absorbing real estate. And from there I was off to the races, reading every book, listening to every podcast, listening to Brandon Turner on Bigger Pockets on my drive down to Fort Stewart 45 minutes to commute each way. And uh so I I just decided to dive right in, bought a quadplex, uh, use my VA loan to get a quadplex, uh, and then rehab that thing uh <clears throat> and then 6 months later gosh even less than 6 months later I bought another quadplex right up the street and you know within uh, about 7 months I had 8 units we were re- in the process of rehabbing them I get orders to come to Washington DC where I'm still at now to work at the Pentagon and so I became this long distance real estate investor um but it's gone beautifully there because we've you know we've doubled the rents the, the those two properties have you know, appreciated by 350,000 each, you know, they've they've doubled their, their value essentially. And, and the rents is really strong and all of that. And, uh, in that process, I was trying to grow and I found active duty, passive income, this community at the time was like 1200 members in their Facebook group. And I was like, Oh, this is awesome. Like, how can I share value? Like, this is cool. Like, these are my people. Uh, and it's just started doing a 30-day live video challenge, like every day, just dropping value nuggets, everything that I've learned. And at the time I had just one quadplex. I had the other one under contract, but I had learned enough that I thought I, I could share to new people. And um, long story short, after three months of just adding like literally daily value to this Facebook group in posts and live videos, uh, CEO Mark Sitch calls me, he's like, hey man, you just want to work with us? Like, <laughs> like you're really, like you are exactly what we're looking for. And uh, And from there, you know, I started taking over the podcast and, and, and reorganizing that we set up a single family education funnel, like a big program there. So we're teaching people. And now I'm the director of that program, but what I really wanted to do, and I knew at the time, the most lucrative, in, in, in my opinion, the most lucrative uh, place to be in real estate is to be a fund manager, is to be a connector, right? Whether that's, sure. you know, and technically syndicators can kind, of, kind of fall in that, but you're connecting investors with opportunities, right? And I wanted to be that middleman because my father's an entrepreneur his whole life. He always used to tell me, he still tells me, he's like the, the most lucrative position you can ever find yourself in in business is to be in the middle. You want to be in the middle. It's the least amount of work with the most profit margins. And I was like, okay, how can I do that in real estate? And uh, and and I landed on fund manager and I I started my own private equity firm and learned a lot of lessons. Uh, we got we got some we got some deals under our belt and and you know that that partnership ended up dissolving. But I took all of those lessons, took them to folks like Tim Kelly and Eric Upchurch and Mark Ansich and others and said, Hey, we've since nurtured this community. We now have 55,000 real estate investors, military real estate investors with the largest military real estate investor community out there. Why are we not offering a solution that can help these folks invest into real estate? Because there were so many barriers. I mean, I mean, you know, this like it's like, oh, uh, you know, someone wants to in, invest with us in, in real estate. At the time, all we could do is tell them, well, yeah, we can teach you. We can show you the light. We can we can say, hey, here's how you do everything. And here's all resources and, and you know, <laughs> go forth and prosper, right? But if they want to invest with us, the deals that we're doing, the self-storage units that, that Eric is crushing, the mobile home parks that Tim is crushing, the multifamily stuff that Adam Labar has, like If you want to invest alongside us, we didn't have anything for them. The one thing we did have for them was a traditional syndication, you know, your 506B. And it was, um, you know, it was like $50,000 minimum. So folks were like, "Uh, yeah, I can't do that. (laughs) You know, like I don't have that kind of money. So, um, you you know, we kind of went back to the drawing board on the the solution side and we landed on, you know, a reggae tier two. and, And it's been absolutely life changing since then. Uh, but it, it's just like I said, a different
0: way to do things. Sure. So, can you break that down for our listeners exactly what uh, Regulation A Tier Two is?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, <clears throat> for for the listeners who are more familiar with you know syndications and 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 all of this stuff, what you're doing is you are structuring a business to raise capital and. When you rely on these exemptions, it gets you out of a lot of the registration requirements with the SEC. So, most syndicators out there or general partners, uh, they will go and, and uh, uh, use Regulation D. Regulation D is great because it gets you, it's a big exemption that gets you out of a lot of the red tape. Uh, you know, the 30s and 40s acts, you still have to, there's rules that you have to follow, but it's like way less rules. And then there's, of course, 506B and 506C, and, and those are the most common ways. Now, the Rig A, you're actually filing, you are registering with the SEC. So it's different. It's, it's considered a mini initial public offering. So for folks that don't know when a company goes public, there's, you know, it takes a long time. Sometimes it takes years to, to get all the paperwork in order to get all the financial audits. You know, it just takes a long time. And when you do that, you're subject to a lot of oversight, which is the SEC's job, right. And, you know, FINRA and SIPIC as well. So Those regulatory bodies, they want to make sure that everything's on the up and up. In a reg A, it's kind of like a mini initial public offering. And it's not the full Monty of regulation, but the SEC has, you know, there's a lot tighter, tighter rules. The cool part about it from the capital raiser standpoint is while you have to file and there's some more red tape and it's more expensive to set up, you can raise from... Uh, non-accredited investors, you can have minimums as low as ten dollars, right? Minimum investments as low as ten dollars. You can raise from effectively, if you're using a transfer agent, you can raise from as many investors as you want. You're not capped at ninety nine, uh, like like you are in a Reg D, uh, in most Reg Ds anyway. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, we, you you can you have a lot more freedom to to set it up because you can market it to whoever you want, just like you can on a five hundred six C. You don't have to have the pre-existing substantive relationship with with. The, the investor. So for people or groups, I guess, like us who who have nurtured and grown this community, we finally had that solution where we can say, oh, well, let's remove all those barriers that were standing in your way. Let's remove the $50,000 minimum. Let's remove the accreditation. Oh, you got to be accredited to get into this deal. Uh, and, and then on top of that, we looked at the fee structures and we just took all the fees out. We said, no, we're not doing any fees. Like, that's not what this is about. We're not going to fee you to death. This is about getting you started as an LP and helping you create passive income with real estate. And, and then of course we drastically lowered the minimum. We didn't do $10. We did 500, <laughs> you know, cause from an investor relations standpoint, like, that's sure. you know, <laughs> a lot. Uh, but you know, we, we figure everyone in our community, uh, if they want to get involved, they, they probably have 500 bucks and, um, you know, it, it's, it's great. It's a great way to, uh, to, to make it happen. And from there, you're raising the capital in advance. So we're pooling the capital. And then we're choosing the best deals to invest into that get put on our plate. So you get to uh from the sponsor side of it, you get to be um a little bit more choosy, but you also have more leverage in the negotiations of the deal because the people you're working with, whether we're going after the deals are ourselves or or we're co-investing with one of our students' sponsors um, which we have a full pipeline of, then we can, you know, we can say like, or they can say like, Hey, we're private equity backed. We're PE backed. We have the money. We're not raising the money. The money's here. I'll write you a check right now. And from a seller's perspective, you become much more attractive on the acquisition side, which means, you know, you can get better deals. You can close quicker, all of those, all of those benefits. So, um, yeah. And, And then of course, on the investor side, you're able to get more diversification. Um, you're not just, you know, obviously your reg D's, those traditional syndications, they're single deals, right. You know, so if, you know, whoever you invest in and God forbid their deal goes to hell, um, you're kind of screwed, uh, in, in a fund, like we have set up that's, uh, diversified. You can, you know, <laughs> all the deals in all the different markets with all the different operators would have to go terribly, you know, sure, to, sure. to, to be bad. And it's just, you're hedging risk that way.
0: So how is the how are you uh, compensated? Like how does that, it, you said you mm-hmm. took the the fees out. So how does that work? With-
1: yeah. So, so um, no, that's a great question. So what, what we have set up is traditional, what you would see in in a regular syndication, right? It's 70, 30 split. So we uh, you know, the, the investor getting the 70% and the GP AKA us getting the 30%. So anything that comes back Um, you know, we don't have, we opted out of like the preferred return and all the confusing hurdles and waterfalls and this, that, and the other, and, and all that stuff, because we knew who our client was. Our client is, you know, they're obviously in our community and they're military. They understand some real estate, but most of our clients is their first time investing as an LP. And we wanted to make it as simple as humanly possible. So we just said, Hey, everything that comes back to the fund in form of cash flow, equity, disposition, say it like the whole thing, sale or refi, like the whole thing, the 70-30 split. You're gonna get your quarterly, you know, you're gonna get quarterly returns. And uh, you know, of course, like in any real estate, you're gonna get your big check when you go through disposition. But by doing that 70-30 split, and when you put that model across a bunch of different assets like a mobile home park and a B class multifamily and uh, you know, a self-storage that all have different timelines and cash flow kind of, I don't know. Projections—it's—it uh, uh, it pans out. It's a pretty good average, <laughs> so you know you're getting the best of both worlds there.
0: So, what do returns typically look like for these limited partners?
1: Yeah, I mean, right now we—you know—we're—we're we're obviously like most uh, most folks out there. We're big believers in uh, uh, under promising and over delivering, right? So, we're telling people 12% total return. So. And when we, we ran the numbers, obviously, when we underwrite the deals, every deal that we look at has a minimum 8% cash on cash return. So, you know, from day one, we're not taking de- and again, being a part of the fund allows us, you know, pretty much that, that purchasing power, kind of like that negotiation to go and say, uh, yeah, no, we're going to cherry pick the best deal with the best sponsor. Um, and, uh, And we also have a stipulation in every one of our deals because we have, you know, part of being a fund is uh, when you co-invest in this model, you have to have 51% ownership of each deal. So you have to have majority ownership, not 51, you have to have majority ownership so that if it does go bad, we have the systems and experience and processes in place to go and turn it around. And, and we have those provisions in each one of our, um, uh, our agreements with our, with our co-sponsors. So um, yeah, that's pretty much how it works.
0: Awesome. So how's it been going?
1: Uh, It's going great. We're (laughs) So in the world of capital raising, uh, I I had a a mentor once tell me, and he said, uh, he's like, hey, man, and this is when I was running the other firm, my other firm. I was freaking out because I was like, I mean, we had all these systems in place and and the money was coming in, but just very, very slowly. He's like, it took me, and he was speaking about himself, it took me two years to raise my first million dollars just takes a long time, you know, and I, I was just impatient. Um, you know, I, I was just like, oh yeah, this is going to work. Money's just going to flow in. It's going to come off the money tree. It's going to be great. Uh, but, uh, you know, so I had those, these expectations in and I was trying to measure the ADPI team's expectations and they were on the other end of the spectrum, you know, like they were telling me like, no, no, it's going to be fine. We got like this different, we got this community and we've nurtured this community and they understand us. And they're, you know, they, they, they know that. And I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. I think it's going to take a while. We uh, are in right now, as we record this, we're still in test the waters, which means that uh, it's the time period while the SEC is essentially reviewing your paperwork and it takes a couple of weeks, you know, so we're, turning in our second round of comments uh, and then they have 10 days to look at it to let us know and, and eventually we'll be qualified. We're expecting to be qualified in very early Q3. And once we're qualified, then we can, that means we can actually raise capital. But during Test the Waters, you can have people do soft commitments. Well, we have soft commitments of over $2 million right now. And, you know, I mean, understand from a capital raising standpoint, yeah, you might get 50% of that, you know, because that's just how people work. But it's been incredible the more we talk about this, and the more that we we bring it together, I get phone calls and emails almost weekly of people saying, "Like, hey, um, you know, I, I didn't really know much about this, and I I, I initially I soft committed five hundred, but can I make that fifty thousand? Can I make that twenty five thousand? Can I do?" So, and I
0: was like, "Yeah, it's just wild, man." How many investors is that two million across? Like, what is your yeah. typical what is your typical investor coming in at?
1: Yeah, so that's split across. I'd have to check, but it's probably around like 240 investors. So okay. when when you look at the numbers, it it shakes out to about 7,500 ish per investor, like an average investment. You know, some people are, you know, the the high end they're putting in 150k, and of course the low end they're putting in the minimum of 500. But you never really know until we get qualified, uh, and and we start um, converting converting folks and bring them into the into the fold. Uh, because they're, like I said, they're constantly, you know, as we get closer uh, and we publicize that we're getting closer. <laughs> There's constantly people like, oh, snap, I, I want to get into this, into this more. And honestly, like we were talking about early Sterling, I think the market is sparking a lot of this. Because I think people are like, they're like, oh, man, I don't have control. And maybe I should put something somewhere that's a little bit more tangible.
0: So, yeah. yeah. For sure. So my other question is about funds in general. Um, so when I do a syndication, right? You know, we we find a property and we we raise capital. We, hey, we're going to take your money. We're going to buy this property. We're going to renovate it. We're going to refi. Give you a bunch of your money back. We're going to keep giving you cash flow mm-hmm. payments, and then we sell. Then we're going to give you you know another hundred plus percent. So it's like a pretty clear timeline of like what, the what what uh, path you're specific money is taking right mm-hmm. with a with a fund um and you're invested in all these different deals that have all these different time schedules like if sterling invests a thousand dollars um today and we're at all these different like like how does that work how do we track sterling's funds throughout these different projects and when does sterling get what payments based off a of different dispositioning of assets at different times
1: yeah no that's that's a that's a really great question so when you work with these diversified funds, the number one thing that you want to develop before you send anyone a nickel is trust and communication. You want to make sure that, you know, understand that you're still a limited partner. I mean, you're giving up your voting rights. You're not going to be telling people where to put the playground and where to put the, you know, like that's not your role, right? But you want to be able to, to you know, I always tell people in, in this world, the common denominator is not money you have money everyone else has money they don't have money they want more money it th- doesn't matter it's trust you have to develop trust and um and being able to talk to and, and have those conversations with the team is super important to know exactly what's going on and to get updates but effectively because each project has a different like you said a different time horizon what that means is since you own shares of the fund based pro rata on how much you invest. Right. So, you know, if it's going out example, $1,000, right. You put a thousand dollars into the fund sterling Well, each share is a hundred bucks. So you got 10 shares. So your shares, um, you know, you got, you got 10 shares of the pie and throughout the life life cycle of the fund, which is, is slated for five to seven years, say uh, you get an asset and uh, you know, it's a, mobile home park or something and, and you end up it's a three year thing. Like you get out of it in three years. Well, yeah, you're going to be getting the cash flow. But once you get out, you're not going to be getting cash flow from that. You're not going to get a disposition check from that. You might get like, uh based on your investment, you just might get like a a bigger ish check. You know, it's not all going to come at the same time, but you'll know where that's coming from just based on the communication that you have right. with with the partners.
0: Okay. So, so there is a, there's a, you said a three, to three to five or five to seven. Five know, to seven. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the, the ultimately everybody you know, gets the big payout at the end of the fund. So there is a predefined, I guess in my head, I'm thinking of like an ongoing fund. Mm-hmm. That, you know what I mean? And it's like, mm-hmm. well, how do you, how do you, how do you do yeah. that? Well,
1: our, so, so yeah, they have those. So that's called an open fund.
0: Open yeah. Fund.
1: Yeah. Our, ours, ours is, is capped. So okay. this first one is capped at 10 million. When we hit 10 million doors are closed.
0: So with an open fund, you can invest in, and pull your money out anytime you want or. From the know, investor or, standpoint. Yeah. From a limited partner perspective.
1: Well, it's, it's still going to be difficult. Remember, because yeah, uh, you know, I, I mean, you can, but it's going to be difficult um, because it's still considered an illiquid kind of investment, right? Like you put the money in the money's working now there are opportunities out there that are leveraging um uh, tokenization uh sure. using you know, using uh you know nfts and 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 that that side of it and because they're using that technically um those 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 tokens that you you set up that represent the shares of the fund could be traded on a secondary market now will someone buy them hopefully <laughs> you know yeah. uh, um but you know just transferring transferring interest it, it gets a little difficult but we do have transfer agents and it is possible uh and it is easier too because there's no accreditation standard you know there, it's not like if you were in a 506c and one of your accredited yeah. investors is like uh I got to get out of this you know something happened and yeah. I need this money back and you're like oh crap now I need to find another accredited investor who wants to take this on like ooh um yeah. So, so, so that there, there's a big distinction there.
0: Awesome. So, um, where are you? Where are you finding the deals exactly? I know you'd mentioned, you know, kind of co-sponsors from folks in the community. So, like, what does that look like exactly?
1: Yeah. So it's really cool. So, so beyond, you know, ADPI uh, started as an education company, and. You know, our, our mission was to the initial mission uh, vision really was to teach folks how to purchase smartly. So the military, active duty military, teach them how to purchase a home and each PCS and turn that into a rental. And then when they're done, after 20 years of service, they can retire, have their retirement pay and have all the cash flow from these rentals and not have to go and get that government drone job for another 20 years, which if you're not in the government, it's like, that's what people do. They'll, re- they'll work for 20 years, retire. Then they'll work as a government civilian for another 20 years and get double retirement. I don't know why. It's so monotonous. <laughs> but different strokes for different folks. So that was the initial kind of vision. And, and we still do that. Uh, you know, about two-ish years in, two and a half years in, uh, Tim Kelly and on the Bar uh, came on board and they set up the multifamily Academy and, you know, they took their experience in multifamily and Eric Upchurch church as well. Uh, and, and they started putting this kind of, you know, the, the, the 20% of our community who's like, Hey, I'm kind of into the syndication commercial thing. Like, how do I, how do I be a syndicator? And we started training these folks and, you know, after two and a half, three, two and a half, three years of training folks, you have kind of the cream rise to the top. Right. And, um, we have some really, really rockstar syndicators and sponsors who came through our program and are now closing 100, 200, 300 unit deals. And they're looking, you know, obviously for funding. And we provided them first with the opportunity to work with ADPI Capital. And they're over the moon because it's the same exact people that they were trying to raise from because they're all military. So, sure. so having that, we call it kind of call it like the ADPI ecosystem. And, and again, it goes back to my, my desire, my personal desire to be the best middleman I could be in this scenario. What, what we're doing is we're taking, you know, we're, we're, we have this community of 55,000 military real estate investors, 80% of which are in the single family space. And we're saying, Hey, here's a solution. Here's a pathway for you to get multifamily exposure and, diver- and diversification And there's very low barriers to entry, like we talked about already. And oh, by the way, our primary sponsors are people that were just like you. And they took it a step further. And now they're doing this this multifamily stuff. So you have that military to military to military. And when you have that, it, it helps build the trust in the community. So we have about five or six sponsors right now. And we call them, uh, we actually call them MMA heroes, Military Multifamily <laughs> Academy heroes. So they're, they're our heroes, right? Um, and and the, these folks are great because they're not only are they crushing it. Um, some of them have gotten out of the military and they're doing this full time. Some are still in. Uh, but they're also, you know, they're teaching other students in the classes. They're the ones showing them the ropes now um and and it's just really exciting to kind of nurture that community and 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 that responsibility but they're finding deals from you know your multifamily to your rv parks to your mobile home parks to your self-storage to luxury short-term rentals and obviously we've trained them on the markets to look at and they are using our underwriting tools so for them to pretty much submit a package to adpi capital they have to go through this kind of system, right? And they submit all the documents, all the due diligence, all the underwriting, the whole story behind the deal, all this criteria, if you will, that goes right to Adam Labar. He reviews it. We rack and stack them. We rank them. And then we decide based on how much capital we have in the fund and how much we want to put into the deal. We, the investment committee comes together and says, Hey, yeah, let's, let's do this deal. And that's how it works.
0: Yeah. That's pretty cool. That is a, a pretty cool twist. That's not a story we hear every day on the show. So love what you guys are doing over there. I've loved to watch y'all evolve and grow over the years. Like I said, I've, I've since, I, since I started, you know, I met Eric, like one of the first conferences I ever went to. So I've been following you guys for a while. And, uh, and I'm always impressed with how y'all are innovate, innovating. So.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, Eric, uh, Eric's been just uh, incredible. Right now, actually, he's on a nine-day hike. I think it's day. He's I think it's day eight of nine right now, and he's been doing. Uh, shout out to to Eric Upchurch and what he's he's done. He's raised almost one hundred ninety thousand dollars for Veterans Community Project, and that's going to build six or seven tiny homes for homeless veterans, take them off the street, pay for an entire year of shelter, food job placement, like the whole thing, therapy, everything they need. And, uh, in, in veteran community, uh, project, their new, uh, St. Louis, uh, based, uh, uh community really, cause that's what they are. And they're an outstanding organization and Eric has been a hundred percent dedicated to them. And he, and, uh, I think it's like six or seven other, um, real estate investors are, they, they decided to go on this hike up the Pacific crest trail. I think it is out in California. And it's just like, yeah not it's crazy he's he, it's incredible so super proud of him
0: awesome so for the sake of time i want to hop to our radio round just to ask three quick questions to let our listeners get to know you and i, I did not give you a heads up so i apologize for uh right <laughs> <for laughs> hey, man that's all right <laughs> so the first question is, well you know i like to give people a heads up so they can think about it but sometimes i forget um the first question is what's your favorite book
1: yeah uh I mean, I, you know, I try to, I, I try to read uh, a lot and, and every time I start a new book, it's like, this is my favorite book. Um, I would say the one that has, you know, obviously besides like the rich dad, poor dad thing, uh, the one I'm reading now is great and it's called measure what matters. And it's all about objectives and key results and building your systems in place so that everyone has transparent goals. It's kind of, it's similar to like traction. If you've read that book, um, a different system, but another one, one I'm, I'm reading oh yeah.
0: right now that I'm just in love with is, uh, building a story brand. Have you read that? No. Uh-uh. Oh my God. Check it out. It is building um, a story brand. I'm going to write that down. It's going to, it's going to change your life or you change your business for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I ordered a copy for everybody in the organization. But I had That's, now
1: you must read this. This is your <laughs> yeah. book. I want a book report on my desk in a
0: week. Exactly.
1: I'll tell you though, the one, another one that has actually, because, you know, since I've been in DC, um, I also started short-term rentals, um, and I, I launched a business here and it's been going wonderfully, but the thing that really helped me, uh, on the accounting side was Profit First. I freaking love that book. really Yeah. It's all about, if you've never heard of it, it's all about how to I've, pretty much set up your banking and stuff.
0: I've heard uh, of it. I just haven't been sold on, on reading it yet, but you're, you're pushing it hard yeah well, I mean, honestly, because I've had that problem, you know,
1: I've started a lot of businesses, and you know they have that problem of like of paying yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, it which sounds silly for listeners who like may not have their own business, but like you're always you you're always trying to scale and grow and scale and grow. Yeah. But if you do it wrong, you end up having this like big hairy job. That is like okay. constantly just like ruining your life. And then you, you try to like yeah. pull money out of it and you're like, oh, I can't because my expenses are through the roof for yeah. some unknown reason. So that really helped me focus and, um, and run a very, very lean, low overhead business that, you know, it's gosh, I mean, it's an arbitrage business and it, it, it operates on.
0: So you're uh, not buying that. You're not buying them.
1: No, no, I'm, oh. I'm renting them and then I'm, I'm subleasing them. But I mean you know, it's, it's two units outside of DC and we're doing, uh, gosh, I don't know, 10 to 12 grand a month in profit. Oh. And I'm like, all right, this will work. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so, you know, it, it, but I wouldn't be able to do that if I started this or initially I was like, I'm going to scale to like 25 of these. And then, you know, reading that book, I was like, no, I think I can just do like two to six and that'll be good enough if you run it the right way. So, sure. yeah. Cool.
0: So the next one is what's your favorite quote? Ooh, what's my favorite quote? Oh man. That's the, so that's the one I like to give people a heads up one.
1: <laughs> yeah, so well no. So I I uh recently and this is going to sound a little a little bit morbid, a little bit depressing, but I found it very inspirational as well. I was uh you know, one of the great things about living in DC and we live right on the National Mall effectively is to be able to walk to all the museums and just, you know, kind of I don't know, just get it, get out and, and, and get some of that culture and, and, and that history. But I was walking through the Hishhorn museum of modern art. If, if your listeners have never been to the national mall, uh, it's one of the, maybe not so popular museums, but Oh my God, it's incredible. So go to it. It's free Smithsonian. It's fine. Um, but there was a quote in there in one of the pieces and it said, uh, it said, they say you die three times. The first when your heart stops, the second, when they bury you, and the third, when the last person says your name. And I was like, that hit me hard. And I don't know, it, it, I, I can't remember who said it, but that hit me so hard because I was like, that literally the next day I went back to my goals and, and, and started thinking more about my legacy and, and all of this stuff because it's absolutely right. You know, the last, the, the, the last time someone says your name, you're done. That's it. So what, what are you going to stand for? And uh, yeah. kind of help help me put things in perspective. But like I said, maybe not the most uh exciting quote.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what uh what's your favorite thing to do when you're not working?
1: Um, man, I, I like playing sports. Um, you know, so I'm in a bunch of uh kind of leagues around the city here. We got I actually have softball tonight if it doesn't get rained out, but uh I play um uh, pickleball, which is like the kind of like fastest growing sport in the U S right now. It's, uh, it's kind of interesting. It's like tennis and ping pong. Uh, and, um, yeah, I play, I try to play a lot of golf and, and just get out. And, and then of course I have, um, I have motorcycles, um, that, that I enjoy, uh, breaking the speed limit laws on, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, safety first, right. You got to wear the gear. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I like to ride. Um, I think I might, uh, ride up to Pennsylvania to see, uh, see my father, uh, for father's day this weekend and um uh you know that that'll be a beautiful ride so i'm looking forward to it
0: awesome kevin how can our listeners find out more about you get in touch with you
1: yeah uh so to to get in touch i think the best way there's there's two ways really one just check out adpi adpicapital.com. adpi you'll get any information about me about about everything that what we're doing with the fund in there the other way if you uh you know if you're at the gym right now and you're listening or you're you know out for a walk walking the dog you can just take out your phone and text deal d e a l to 33777 and that's going to get you all the information it's going to get you the the link that you need and you'll get on our uh, get on our mailing list super quick and then you'll start getting emails and of course um, information on on what's going on with the fund so those two ways texting deal 33777 or just checking out the website
0: awesome well, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. I, uh, I always appreciate uh, meeting and, and chatting with somebody from, from your group. And um, I loved all the information you shared on reggae. So I'm sure our, our listeners will, will love that content. Really enjoyed chatting with you and, and look forward to keeping up with you on your journey.
1: Appreciate it, Sterling. Thanks, man.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the Rent Roll Radio Show brought to you by Crestworth Capital. We hope you enjoyed the show, and if you did, please hit the subscribe button and leave us a rating and review. You can also visit us at CrestworthCapital.com or RentRollRadio.com or follow us on Facebook at Rent Roll Radio or at Crestworth Capital. If you would like to reach us, feel free to shoot us an email at info at rentrollradio.com or sterling at We hope you come back next week to join us on some more of our journey. Until then, happy investing.